listening to Unleash with Shirin Merchant and I'm Mitali Parekh. Today we're speaking with research scientist Lena Ukkil. Lena has a PhD in human molecular genetics and she's going to tell us about genetics and the role they play in dogs. Hi. So, so explain to me as if I were a six-year-old, what are genetics and what do they determine in a doggy? Okay, um... Simply put, genetics is, um, let's say if you can think about it like code, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, uh, like a programming uh, yeah, code? Yeah, like a programming code that is in every single cell of your body mm-hmm. and that tells your uh, body to be a certain type, mm-hmm. both in terms of looks mm-hmm. as well as in terms of um, behavior, personality. Okay. The code differs from uh, one dog to another. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are of different breeds, hmm. but if they are from the same breed, they'll be a little bit more similar. Hmm. If they are from the same family, it'll be even more similar. And hmm. if they are from the same litter, then they'll be almost identical with a little bit of change between the different litter mates. And what aspects of the dog's personality? Just because if I was getting a doggy, what would I... So I think one of the most obvious um, personality traits that um, genetics determine is um, fearfulness and fearlessness. Uh-huh. You know, it's okay. one of the, okay. one of, it kind of, I think, sets the foundation for, for dog's personality, right? How, how open are you to meet someone or how scared do you Is get Is that from because someone? it's such a needful trait for survival to be afraid of things? Um, yeah, um, it is one of the main uh, personality traits that you would need. Hmm. to have a better survival both hmm. in, yeah. in, in in case if it's a risk that you should not be taking then you should be fearful Afraid and move away. Yeah. and if it's something that will help you to eat better then you should actually have courage and get over it right yes. so it's one of the main right. uh, this thing but it's like the let's say the code uh, makes a particular component in your brain ah Okay, and if that code then uh, makes a particular amount of the uh, of the code. chemical, mm-hmm. uh, the code makes that a particular amount of the chemical, then you might be more courage courageous. Mm-hmm. And if it's missing, then you might be less courageous and more fearful. So, will this uh, be apparent when I'm choosing a puppy? And then, what can I expect? Like, if I choose a puppy that seems fearful, or a puppy that seems very confident. What can I expect from that puppy as he or she grows up? Also understand that this code, because it's coming from the parents, mm. okay, part of the prediction of what the code might be is to look at the personality of the parent, right? Right. So part of it is just inherent from the parent. Mm. Uh, and remember that that code um, or that aspect of the genetics is more difficult to um, change in the future. Right. So right? I can't like train the doggy to be more... Uh, courageous if I have a fearful dog. Yeah, if it's a genetic fear, then you genetic. cannot, mm. right? Um, but there's also fear that the puppy learns while it's after it's right. been born, right? right? So you go to a room full of puppies and there'll be a puppy that he is uh, cowering in the corner and shivering or something. That is most probably genetic fear. Right. There are two puppies who are rushing towards to meet you and by mistake your hand uh, drops your set of keys and mm. makes a loud noise. Now one dog will get startled mm. uh, or both get startled but one decides to still come to you and one decides, oh, I'm not sure what to do. Right. right now you have a choice between picking the picking either of them can both of them be trained um yeah you will be able to manage uh, but what are the chances that the one who stopped in its track will be slightly more fearful than the one who just came in front of course the mm-hmm. chances are higher right so you'll have to keep that in mind that the one that i picked up if he's slightly fearful i have to work on his sound sense and the one who's cowering in the corner 
we can predict that the fear is not going to go yeah away. most probably it's going to be a genetic uh, fear and then you have to do a lot of control management rather than teaching it to be um, right so your life know. will have to be built around it such yeah. that yeah to so if you were living in the hills and it's a quiet environment or oh, go ahead pick up that dog and maybe right. teach it a few other survival skills but if you're living in a hustling bustling house and you have too many things coming in going mm. and everything maybe no don't go for that right Right. So it helps you kind of. So that would be a hard life yeah, for that dog because yeah, yeah, you would be always scared. Yeah. Okay. And would uh, puppies from the same litter have different genetic codes? Because giving this example of some one dog is not scared of the keys yeah, and one yeah, scouring. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know that in dogs, a, a mother can have different fathers, right? So. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So the litter mates, if they are from the same father. Right. Then we are talking about a much more uh, identical code between Correct. the litter mates. If they are from a different yeah. father, of course, it's not going to be the same, right? Because the code, half of the code, is coming from the mother, and half of the code is coming from the father, hmm. and both put together makes that particular individual dog, right? But if you're taking all litter mates who have the same mother and same father, their code are the same, mm. almost identical, except a little bit of, um, let's say in, in code word, it'll be programming. So a little mm. bit of reprogramming mm. happens while um, the, the babies are being born. And that gives those codes a little bit of unique, uniqueness. Okay. Now, if those, uh, the, the, the differences that you see between the litter mate codes, if that happens to be in the fear area or the fear uh-huh. subject then you can say yeah that difference that you saw between the two litter mates in terms of fear then it's because of its code now to come back to choosing a puppy and like you said fearful puppy if i was a first time pet parent uh would i choose the most confident dog genetically if you don't think about it from a genetic point of view and just talking about a you know highly confident dog mm-hmm. uh, you are expecting a dog that is going to be able to manipulate you a little better Who's uh-huh. ever gonna be able to bully you a little bit better? Uh-huh. Uh, if you have a lifestyle where you're gonna be exposing the dog to many different um, environments, the dog is most probably going to be able to bounce back much faster than a dog mm-hmm. that is not. So when we talk about genetically, uh, at genetic level, we won't say confidence per se mm-hmm. is driven by uh, some genetic code, but it's the lack of fear right. that is uh, being driven by the genetic code, and um, that would not just be just one single code or in, in genetics we call it gene it'll not be just one single gene driving usually it's a bunch of genes it's a pathway we are talking about mm-hmm. if a happens and b will happen and mm-hmm. b happens c will happen or all three together gives the dog a unique uh, perspective in handling a particular situation mm-hmm. um whereas the dog that's slightly fearful mm-hmm. again because it's we are talking about a pathway yeah. we're not talking about one thing missing we're, we're talking, talking about, about a titration of things right so things this that is are linked a, yeah. to each other yeah and this is a little less so that will be a little bit more and that will be a little less currently mm. there is a particular reaction and there's a particular uh, level to which the dog is able to handle the environment so as okay. a trainer how does this help me knowing this so okay for the simplest example would be you go in you find a dog that is uh, you go in uh, doesn't bark at you but is cowering in the corner with the tail tucked in so that's huh. a, kind of a higher level of fear hmm. um my um, and i find that the family is okay not very hmm. uh, you know not um, not supporting that fear but also not like hmm. dismissing it eh? right um my thing would be first thing would be to ask during the questioning or during the evaluation of the dog would say does this dog suffer from separation anxiety right okay, okay. Uh, does the dog have specific dislike to noises particular kind of noises hmm. because as a geneticist i know 
hmm. that these three things go hand in hand with fear yeah with high fear hmm. separation anxiety and concomitant fear of noise hmm. thunder especially thunder you know so okay. specific kind of noises like the disco lights the scintillating lights right. they are all combined together because the body's reaction to those triggers right. are driven by a similar set of genes a similar hmm. set of code that drives that particular pathway and they all lie together so you know one hmm. you can guess the others and as a trainer then i would say okay then and let's say they have never seen the let's say monsoon has never come they have not right. seen i will say this dog will suffer from this right let's start training okay right um there's another example of dogs that have um so you don't wait for the problem to occur no you start right there yeah. like because yeah. she yeah. is going to be scared of thunder yeah. she's going to yeah. have problem being by herself yeah. let's start off now yeah this we call as genetic predisposition right if you have one mm. what what other mm. other things are you predisposed so dogs mm. that have ocd obsessive compulsive mm. disorder okay uh, they have the tendency to freeze okay freeze in the presence of any trigger that they're uh, new scared of okay any trigger that um, startles them mm. they don't move away they freeze uh. okay uh. and um, if an owner or a new person doesn't understand that then pushing or disrespecting that uh, response. Uh, response or misunderstanding that mm-hmm. response you might then push your dog to become aggressive our training will have to then change to how how do i teach this particular dog to do a go to bed command when it doesn't like the trigger oh. right because its brain shuts down and it freezes and is not able to um do a response that otherwise a slightly lesser fearful non ocd dog would have been able to do Okay okay so when as a trainer you come equipped with that information right. or as an owner when you come equipped with that information then you look at the same dog's reaction in a different light and dogs who are um fearful um let's say those dogs don't want to go out okay. right uh, we encourage walks yeah we mm-hmm. encourage them to really do all the training using the smell okay so their walk should be filled with sniffing Okay. Uh, in the house you should you can even have a marker smell mm. so you have something that you have positively trained for the dog in the house and then mm. when you go for a walk tie that upon his collar oh. so it's constantly with that smell and it's comforting yeah because dogs that can um that are busy smelling you know the fear reaction which is to oh, i don't know what to do i don't know what to do i don't know what to do mm. that pathway shuts if you make the dog smell okay so you are kind of retraining the brain and saying okay i know you're still in the same environment you're damn scared but let's engage this part of your brain and some there's something that's comforting so i yeah. can get through this yeah. environment yeah. yeah with a little less fear yeah. than usual yeah yeah but this understanding that dogs that are able to uh, that are smelling cannot be panting hmm. uh, it it's it's studies that people have done right it's right. genetic studies that people right. have done okay um, so in that way would, would there be a link between how the dog looks and you can predict that you know probably then she has this behavioral trait yeah for sure the certain certain physical trait that uh, uh predisposes the dog to a certain behavior right um the simplest one would be to understand is let's say the whippet right you know the hound uh, mm. that loves to run yes. um they have a gene for uh, the amount of muscle that it makes and okay. it's called the it's called the bully gene if i'm not wrong so if you have two copies of the gene you're really extra muscular and ripped muscles right. and everything visibly yeah visibly but you can't run oh because the muscle will tear there's so much of muscle oh if you don't have any copy of that particular gene mm. you're just a normal lean looking dog no muscle just lean mm. very lean looking dog 
But if you have half of it, hmm. then you have just about enough muscle that you look muscular mm-hmm. and you're also able to run with really super speed. Ah. You walk into a room with an owner who has a dog like that um, and I would say, okay, our weekly training has to involve two hours at the tracks for the dog to run. Right. Anything currently that you see a lot in India, uh, this connection between what the dog looks like and the behavior, some, any prevalent trend? Um, one thing, I mean, some of the dogs that I've been training among that, if you look, go for the German Shepherds, hmm. uh, fidgety German Shepherd, hmm. Hmm. absolutely can't sit, can't settle, can't yeah, do yeah. it, all of that, yeah. I think. Um, there's studies done that genetically, most probably that dog is missing a particular enzyme uh, which is let's say for simplicity say missing a part of its code mm-hmm. that gives makes a particular chemical that teaches it to focus oh. calm down and focus so if i then find that kind of a dog um am i going to do focus related training on them no i'm going to do more agility based training or something okay. in which he doesn't have to focus on a particular so obedience training or heel training or any of that will need the dog to focus on you right yes because you are saying look at me and we'll do yes. this with me. But if I find a dog like that, I will not start his training like that. I will say, okay, let's do agility today. Okay. Because his mind is everywhere. And does this dog look in a certain way? Is there a link? Uh, looks, no. Not, I'm not, not in terms of hair, color, oh. ears and all of that. But it's that fidgetiness. So okay. it's, it's just like, okay, if you... Like a three-year-old child, you know, yeah. like want yeah. to do this, yeah. can't sit still. And the simplest thing would be to take something the dog is able to focus. In German Shepherds, we do so much of ball training. Yes. You bring on the ball and it's, is it able to hold focus no matter what? Right then okay as you move the ball yeah around. as you move the ball no matter what happening in the background they're able to focus then they are the uh, Fo- they are okay they can focus right and Those they would are, be cut out for a certain job yeah and they'll be easier to train, train. because then i'm going to use this ball to train it through everything right yes uh, and at the same time socialize the dog hmm. so use the ball as my anchor and then socialize with everything in the background but if i find the other one who's not able to focus and you will see that be, be flitting from one person to the other and going the eyes are flitting and yeah. all over the place you hmm. have to then uh, engage that dog with a moving target ah i'll use something that feeds into that thing right. of, what's okay. now what's now so it's like a cat going after a mouse right right the more the mouse moves the more the dog is able to because that's what the dog is looking right. at uh, or do a little bit of agility training and things yeah like that. instead of going against the yeah. green yeah and then to explain this to an owner hmm. Uh, I find training is easier when you set the expectation of the owner. Yes. And of course, as an owner, they don't know what the futuristic dog looks like. No. But if you as a trainer say, okay, by the way, this is today's situation. Tomorrow you're going to have this and this as an issue. Mm. So we're going to start training from today. And then or the moment you see this, let me know we're going to start this. So when you kind of set their expectation, right. they also, you know, more forgiving it. of their dogs, right. I would say. Because we all go into having an idea of the yeah. pet we're going to have, yeah. right? So it helps to set their expectations and uh, make them more willing to train as well. Perfect. Thank you. This was very informative. Thank you for having me.